Hey guys, so today you and I are going to talk about projects and preventing things from turning into a mess. So let's get into it. So the question in question was, Frederick, can you make a video about how to make it possible to develop a large scale system without the code base turning into a mess as much as possible? And the short answer is you need to have a very clear product roadmap for your entire company and you need to have a, a, like a, a an internal work framework for how you actually add features and how you do how you build things and that sounds sounds easy but it is so gosh darn hard let me explain so this is like the biggest question I, I just want to make this really clear right away guys if I, and I said this to the subscriber as well, guys, if I could universally answer the question, how do you make a big project go well and not turn into a mess of some sort? If I could just do that, I would be the world's most in-demand system architect, hands down. Nobody's gotten this right. Not a single company, not even Google, not Facebook or Amazon, they don't have it down. No one has a messless code base at all. So. What I'm going to give you is just the thing, the tips that I've found to be the most useful for me in and the companies that I've been working for. They have been doing like these ideas have been working very well. I've been told by both my managers and coworkers and so forth, both from today, present time, and from the past as well. It works really well but it's not perfect. So the first and foremost thing that you need to have a thought and think about is, as I was saying, you need a very clear product roadmap. This is something that developers sometimes have a hard time understanding. And I had it as well. Like when I was in school, I really believed that the only thing that really made the difference was how good am I at software development? How good am I at writing code? How good am I at solving problems, etc., etc.? And this is absolutely something that is important. Nobody's going to deny that. But something that I vastly under undervalued or I underestimated was how important it is to actually have a strong communication and the same mental picture as the people who are actually asking me to build things. You see. I don't know how many times I've been in this situation where I've either myself or other people, we've been writing something based on a set of assumptions. We, and this is the thing that I, like that's, this is one of the things that I really hate about agile development. It's not the f necessarily the fault, but it is definitely something that happens. It's a symptom of this. And that is that you get a piece of work in your lap saying that, okay, this is how the feature is supposed to work. And then you kind of go, oh, okay, this is the source of, this is, this is the truth, all right? This is what we're gonna build. And then you build this thing as well as you humanly can. You deliver that thing. And the following week, someone comes in and says, hey, you know what? Now we have another piece of work. We should, that adds on top of this thing that you've already built. And now the requirements are so vastly different from the original specification that you kind of go, uh, okay, I didn't foresee this well, this is not going to work because the system is built like that. So how are we going to do that? And usually what happens in that sort of situation is that the developers and the product owners, they kind of come into this discussion. Okay, the product owners, they say, oh, okay, but we really need this. And the developers go, well, yeah, but it's going to suck. 
or something like that. And someone's going to budge or everybody budges and the system still turns out like shit. In, it's, uh, it's the, because what's, what has happened is that the people who set the specification did, are not the, they're not the same people as the people who build the thing. These are two different groups with two different perspectives and they didn't communicate well enough. The people who built the thing didn't know that, okay, yeah, this is just the first step. Next step is to do this. And then the next step is going to be to do that. And then the next step is going to be that. This is the problem. Like as a developer, it's very, your perspective, if, if you're only building the first part of something that is three parts, it's almost impossible for you to foresee what step two and three are going to be. And as a product owner, sometimes you don't even know. Sometimes you don't even know what you're building. Sometimes you only know step one and maybe not step two and three or maybe like nothing. And that's why it's so important that you and like that both parties that make up the development team, you need to discuss what is the long-term vision for this project? Like what is the goal? Like what are we, what problem are we solving? How are we going to solve it? What are roughly now the core features and how are they roughly going to work like it's a vision type of thing like what are you going to build you don't have to have every single thing specified like in a waterfall type of thing you just need to have a rough idea what you're building because otherwise it's similar to you know you go into an engineering department and say hey guys can you build me a toaster they build you a toaster and next week you come in and say hey you know what it should also be able to work as a fire extinguisher what the fuck? Nobody could possibly have foreseen, no reasonable person or no reasonable engineer could ever possibly foreseen that you're going to be the first person to build a toaster slash fire extinguisher. No one. That's the first thing. You need to align on what you're building so that the engineering department knows that, all right, this is just step one and in step two we're going to do this, etc., etc., so that they have a long-term perspective because otherwise they might build things in a way that makes it really, really hard to add another feature to the thing that they're building. And this happens all the time, all the time. I would say it's probably one of the most common reasons why a system turns to shit. The second thing is that you need a framework, a work framework for how to develop your system. What I mean by that is that a, it's, not, it's not React, it's not Angular, it's not like Laravel or .NET or anything like that. It's a, it's a two-part thing. So you need to have a product requirements framework where basically you have an established process for how you do work or for how you develop new features and how new features go into the main product. In other words, the product people, they have to do their research there's no like one-off solutions and things like that. They have to do their prep work. The better they are at preparing requirements and actually specifying how things are going to work, the smoother the development process is going to be. And they have to like and this is a collaborative thing. They need to have an established work process where they have the time that is required in order to develop a feature correctly. Like just prepare it right. The second part of it is that. There has uh, the developers need to have an understanding of this framework and vice versa, and then they need to establish a framework, for, a technical framework for how do we do work, like how do we dwell, develop these new features. An example of a, like a, like a technical framework that you can use is quite a lot of people in front and want to use so-called so standard components, and that is exactly the sort of thing that fits into a framework where. 
when you develop a new feature, you don't develop it for today. You develop it with the mindset that, okay, the, we're building a few new dialogues here or something like that. Do we already have something existing that actually fits this requirement? And if we don't, why are we not standardizing our work so that we can actually reuse this? Because nobody really wants the inconsistencies in the product. Like, why would you want the inconsistencies? Usually what you want, it just kind of happens because most of the time you work on a product by product basis and it's very easy for you to forget that oh I've already done a lot of tons of work that could have been fitted into this solution here but because I only think in a product by product mindset I'm always building something that is specific to this deliverable or this specific project don't do that start thinking in terms of a framework okay so we're building buttons okay so this is a button this is the this it's going to have to accommodate these features and so forth and then you reuse that and the same thing goes for higher order like higher level components like you have you try to standardize the the work process and the features to the point to a point where it becomes very predictable for you how to build something both at the technical level and at a requirements level so what i want you to take away from this is that there is no one out there who has solved the problem of how do you avoid a big system from becoming messy but the two best tips i can give you from to achieving this that has worked extremely well for me and my coworkers and and my project and so forth is number one have a clear vision of what it is that you're building together. Not just the technical engineers, like the engineers, and not just the product owner. They need to be in line on what's going to be built. Like, what's the what's the goal of this project? What is the goal? What what, are, what problems are we solving? Roughly, how is it gonna how is this gonna work? Like, ideally, put it at the design level for fuck's sake. Like, design a mock interface that kind of shows what you're gonna build, so you have the same vision. That's number one. Number two is create an internal framework for how you do work. So there are certain requirements on how we do work, like there's a standardization process or like a process for the product development and development team. They have to do their research, they have to check in with the engineers and like, like check if, okay, this seems to be something that is going to work and but they don't just give you these requirements and say hey this is they, like they don't just say yes to the customer, they actually do their due diligence before they do things. And if you have if you have designers, you expect them to use standardized components or standardized artboards. They don't just come with new one-off designs every single time. Because trust me when I say this, if you have three designers working on the same project, they're going to give you three different designs, usually. And the second part of that framework is like the technical framework where you, because when there's a standard, standard process for how you develop new features and how new designs are coming into the product, then the developers should also start thinking in terms of, a, of the work that they are doing that this should fit into a bigger whole. So when you're building, for an example, UI components, you're not just building a button for project foo or you're not building a model for project bar you're building it for a product, an entire product. So this is a dialogue. You should never have to have more than a one component to represent that. There's no reason to duplicate this information in multiple places. But in order for you to be able to do this, to avoid this duplication and all these different permutations and different styles of working, you have to standardize. Without standardization, you can't achieve it. So this, these two things are definitely the way that I believe you're going to solve most of these messy issues because it basically comes down to one part communication and one part having a 
a process for standardization and reuse. So you think about things in a broader perspective than just the here and now. Have a great day.